Hi, I'm Arun George and you're listening to 3 Things, the Indian Express news show. In today's episode, we're analyzing why the Indian Railways wants to modify regular coaches to air-conditioned coaches. We're also looking at a 110 crore rupee scam that was detected in Tamil Nadu. But first, we're looking at a pause in the trials of one of the leading COVID-19 vaccine candidates and its implications. On Thursday, Serum Institute of India announced that they were halting the India trials of the COVID-19 vaccine candidate that has been developed by the University of Oxford and pharma giant AstraZeneca. The decision came after AstraZeneca announced it was temporarily halting trials of the vaccine candidate, which is one of the most closely watched ones. Prabha Raghavan, who has been closely tracking COVID-19 vaccine development for the Indian Express, explains why AstraZeneca announced a pause in the trials. Late on Tuesday, AstraZeneca announced that they were going to put a pause on the global trials because their systems basically had flagged an issue with one of the people one of the participants enrolled in the trial now astrazeneca specifically hasn't really come forward with a lot of information about what the issue was or where this participant was and and you know how severe that issue is they just said that it is a uh, single event and that it is a potentially unexplained illness in one of the trials or, or one of the arms of the trials um what we do understand from other reports on this issue other news reports that have been done globally on this issue is that a volunteer who was enrolled in the trial in the United Kingdom had been found to have developed a very severe spinal inflammatory syndrome called transverse myelitis and this is something that the company and the university of oxford which had worked on this vaccine and had developed it from scratch um didn't really anticipate happening Prama says that the University of Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine candidate is undergoing trials in the UK, US, Brazil, and India, and all of them are believed to have been put on hold for now. Prama explains why. In a situation where there is an unexplained event or a serious reaction that has not been accounted for before, if they don't know that this is one of the reactions that may happen from the vaccine, that is something that is a cause for concern. Right now we don't know whether the transverse myelitis issue that was flagged was necessarily because of the vaccine in itself. What we do know from other reports that came out later in the day was that the participant that did develop the syndrome was in fact vaccinated with this candidate. So there is definitely a cause for concern. Prama says that the company will now review the single case among the thousands undergoing the trials to make sure that it wasn't the vaccine candidate that caused this condition. But is such a pause in vaccine trials normal? This is actually not unheard of. In a clinical trial when you are testing something new in a very large population, there are bound to be adverse reactions to a product or there are bound to be adverse reactions during the course of the trial that may not necessarily have been caused by the product and there have been instances in the past in fact even in the case of the rotavirus vaccine that was being developed in India so the rotavac trial there was a situation once where um there had been a similar issue flag at that point they put 
recruitment of further participants on hold while this expert body that looks into the safety of these trials went through the information to make sure that the adverse reaction that was observed was not, in fact, because of the rotavirus vaccine that was being tested. So this kind of an issue or this this situation where a trial in a late stage or a mid-stage is paused while a reaction that people haven't really anticipated is being looked into, it's not unheard of and it's completely normal. That doesn't necessarily mean that the vaccine or the drug or whatever is being tested is necessarily proven to be bad. It's just a precaution that is supposed to be taken. Prabha says that a pause is actually a good sign given the pressure and the race to come up with a vaccine for COVID-19. We haven't really gone through the regular process of developing a vaccine and testing it over a decade. When all of these timelines have been cut so short, it is very important that every little issue like this is looked into to make sure that the product that is being brought out is actually safe for people to use. So what does this mean for the trials of the vaccine candidate in India? Indian firm Serum International has partnered with the vaccine's developers to manufacture it for low- and middle-income countries, including India, if the vaccine candidate is successful. Prabha says that in India, the company was going through a safety clearance process where they take a sample size, in this case, 100 volunteers, and inject them with the vaccine candidate. The health data of these volunteers is then collected and is studied by a board. Only after the board clears it does the company get the clearance to administer the vaccine candidate to more people. This is a particular checks and balance sort of process that ensures that there is no safety concern with the vaccine. In India, 100 volunteers were injected and the process was on hold while the effects of the vaccine candidate on them were studied. Prabha says that this might explain why Serum initially reacted to AstraZeneca's announcement, saying that the trials in India wouldn't be impacted. But later in the day, uh, the Indian drug regulator, which basically is the body that gave Serum the approval to conduct the trials in India, sent them a notice saying, you haven't informed us about this fact that there was an issue with the vaccine trial globally. And you don't seem to have done any sort of study or analysis into what the issue actually could be or why it was caused. And given the fact that one of the conditions that the regulator gave serum approval to conduct the trials for was the fact that they would not only look at data from India, from testing the participants in India, they would also be looking at data collected from the global trials. The regulator said this is a serious issue and you didn't inform us, give us a reason as to why we shouldn't suspend the approval that we gave you to conduct the trials until this issue of patient safety is sorted out. Prabha says that as a result of this one case in the UK, Serum has to put its future trials on hold, even if the Indian Safety Board clears the results from the first 100 people it was tested on. In fact, Prabha says that trials will stay on hold until AstraZeneca offers greater clarity on what had happened with the one patient who suffered an adverse effect. So basically what we're looking at is now an overall halt in the progress of the trial until AstraZeneca can come out and say that, okay, you know what, the issue that was flagged, the singular issue 
with the participant in the UK was not necessarily related to the vaccine. And this vaccine is safe to be administered in more people. So once that clearance comes out, serum will then continue vaccinating more participants here. Prabha also points out that while trials have been halted for this vaccine candidate, there are plenty of others in various stages of trials and these trials will continue. But that doesn't mean this development won't have any effect on the trials. Other COVID vaccines have used different methods and different platforms to try and target this virus. So in that sense, this development doesn't really impact or stop other trials. But if there is a fear created in participants or in the masses saying that, okay, you know, there seems to be something wrong with this vaccine. What if there are similar issues with other vaccines? Um, Then that fear could potentially lead to companies losing out on potential volunteers. So that is a fear that some companies have expressed that issues like this sometimes could lead to a drop in confidence among people who would normally register themselves for a trial. Before we get to the next segment, I just wanted your quick attention. One of the big reasons people say that they like this show is because it helps them understand the news better. It provides them with the context they need to see the bigger picture. And there's perhaps no other place that does this better than the Indian Express's explained section. We on Three Things refer to the section regularly and it helps us make this show. If you're a regular reader of the newspaper, you know how useful the explained section can be, especially when you're looking for in-depth analysis by the right experts. You can log into indianexpress.com explained and access their coverage 24-7. Explained by the Indian Express, where news that matters is explained by experts who know the subject. Now, back to the show. Before the pandemic hit, the Indian Railways transported crores of passengers annually in non-air-conditioned coaches. This includes non-air-conditioned sleeper coaches and general class coaches. But even as operations are severely curtailed due to the pandemic, the Indian Express's Avishek Dasidar reports that the railways are working on a scheme to make many of these coaches air-conditioned. We're now talking with Avishek about this new plan. Avishek, the non-passenger and unreserved general coaches contribute perhaps the highest number of passengers on a train. So why is the Indian Railways redesigning these coaches? This is an idea to upgrade the existing rolling stock, bring in two new classes of train travel, which are air-conditioned. This is also with the idea to make AC train travel affordable for all. Right. So your uh, non-AC general class, which is basically the unreserved class, that is going to turn into AC. And then there is going to be another class, which is essentially the AC sleeper class. You have the non-AC sleeper class. Imagine that only with AC and maybe perhaps with a little bit more capacity than the existing sleeper. So these two classes are essentially, I mean, so-called lower class coaches, but they'll be AC and they are like economical, affordable uh, train journeys, which are going to be AC. So one question would be about the pricing then. Wouldn't travel in such coaches be more expensive? Well, uh, to be honest, right now, nobody is talking about the tariffs or the fares of these internet classes. But then what we are told is that since they're supposed to be affordable AC travel, that's the idea. I mean, they're not going to be as expensive as, let's say, AC3 tire or the 
the executive class or something because that's i mean by definition i mean it's going to be for the masses and you know when you make something like unreserved ac general class you can't price it very high then again right now nobody is on record committing to any kind of tariff or what kind of prices i mean what kind of fares these classes will have but then i mean the general idea is to make these classes affordable so that doesn't pinch the common man another thing is do we know what is exactly going to be redesigned about these coaches these kinds of coaches yeah so it's not like they're taking the non ac coach and fitting ac units in them it's not as simple as that the ac sleeper which is supposed to be an affordable ac class which is in between let's say the non ac sleeper and the ac 3 tire okay that is being designed and manufactured in the rail coach factory kapurthala so in this new design they have carved out 83 berths instead of the standard 72 as you know that the sleeper the non ac sleeper and and also the ac 3 tire they have 72 berths so this new design has 83 berths so it's going to be a little more crowded but they have carved out the new space by doing away with certain features which have been permanent in a railway coach for years like the linen compartment and they have also shifted the electrical panels that are there etc so it's it's a completely new design and uh, it doesn't have the design imprint of the old coaches the thing is that there is also a commercial angle i mean you know ac3 tire that's the only class that makes some money for indian railways that is i mean that's the only class that makes a profit these coaches that are going to come the idea is that if you price it in a certain way which doesn't really pinch the pocket of the common man or you know not too much higher than the existing non ac classes then they may end up making a little bit of profit or they may be you know cost neutral but the philosophy behind the move is to make ac travel affordable and accessible to all um so when do we expect these new coaches to be rolled out well the unreserved the general class coach that design is under finalization okay and the other one the ac sleeper which they are i mean internally they are, they are calling it the uh, ac3 tire tourist class the the ac sleeper that's the prototype will be done by november or december the mock up is ready the mock up is basically a full scale like a model kind of a thing where they try out all the design elements so it's a full scale mock up using the actual material which are going to be used in the coach so the speed is pretty okay and once a prototype is ready after that they are going to be you know manufacturing some 230 of them in the first phase so you written about how this would be on the lines almost of the garib rath which was the last budget ac fully ac train that was introduced and that was almost a decade ago uh, how successful was the garib rath and what were the lessons from it so the garib rath was a very different earning philosophy wherein back then the idea was economies of scale wherein in an ac train you pack in as many people as possible and then you run the train and you keep the prices low so that's economies of scale that's completely different concept and for that the so called ac three tier economy class was manufactured wherein uh, they increased the capacity by putting one middle berth in between the side upper and the side lower which was a resounding flop nobody liked it it was uncomfortable to sleep on and you know i mean it was very crowded etc so thanks to all sorts of passenger complaints i mean that ultimately did not last and railways eventually discontinued that kind of coach altogether so there's no similarity between that and this 
because this is not like retrofitting an extra berth or a few extra berths in the existing ac3 tire this is like redesigning a coach from scratch obviously it's going to be more people than there are in, in an ac3 tire but the designers tell us that it's going to be much better because obviously the design is such that they've carved out more space so that was a different philosophy the garibrat was a different uh, you know design philosophy this is a different kind of a policy when they want to make an affordable comfortable ac class new class where let's say your non sleeper classes get a definite upgrade Prime Minister Kisan Yojana is a central government scheme that was started in 2018 to provide financial assistance to small farmers. PM Kisan scheme is actually meant for landholders, people who are having land areas uh, up to 10 acres, and a person in the family, a member from the family, is eligible to get this 6,000 rupees annual benefit from the government. It is actually the direct uh, cash transfer to their accounts. so they have to submit you know land documents ration card details or their aadhar card all these very basic details to the government to avail this particular benefit that's arun janardhanan who reports from tamil nadu for the indian express he reported on a 110 crore rupee scam that was detected in the pm kisan scheme in the state arun explains that before the pandemic a committee headed by a district collector was approving the allocation of funds to farmers under the scheme In Tamil Nadu, officials could check the digitized land records and ration cards to ensure that only those deserving of the benefits received it. But just before the pandemic, the government made it even easier for farmers to apply under this scheme and get approvals. The government made it little more easier by opening a portal, a farmers corner in the particular website, the government site, where they can enter their details, their land document details, their other details, all that, and a district. administration there are designated officials who have a login and passwords to go through these applications and approve it digitally so it was a little more what easier process farmers could apply online and then designated officials could log into the system verify applications and allocate funds in this particular scam what happened was since march you know a time when almost all districts and collectors and all these revenue registration departments were all busy with different kind of preventive measures in the fight against covid there were some 13 districts now they have found these 13 districts in tamil nadu there was kind of a crime syndicate formed uh, it may not be very centralized but of course it had the support of local political leaders as well as the officials in the district level from the concerned agricultural departments so how did this crime syndicate that involved local leaders and officials work locally they collected details land details and other necessary documents from people telling them that we will get you 6000 rupees corona money so these people unknowingly or knowingly for the benefit they would get in their account from the government they shared their details and these brokers these local politicians they used many computer centers for example in a village there will be a computer center so these computer center will be used to make many people apply for this particular scheme it may be done by a handful of people for hundreds of villages so this happened in some 13 districts arun says that those involved in collecting farmers details then struck a deal with government officials who were tasked with approving the transfer of money 
they had the login and password to approve these applications in large numbers arun says that while direct benefit transfer schemes are touted as being corruption free this scandal involving government officials showed how it can be gamed when the brokers collected these registration documents the beneficiaries were told that they will be getting 6000 rupees corona cash from the government and to get that they had to pay 1500 to 2000 rupees commission so the people who engineered they who executed this entire scam were actually getting up to 2000 rupees commission for each and every beneficiary arun says that it was sometime in late july that the state government officials and some district collectors noted that there was a sudden spike in the number of applicants under the scheme they found that in the last 4 to 5 months they had received 6 lakh applications this phenomenon was actually limited to only 13 districts while 25 other districts had very limited number of beneficiaries or they were all eligible people so there were some random investigations internally by first by the kadalur district collector and they found that there were so many ineligible people applied in that particular district alone for example in kadalur uh, there were some 80000 applications about 80000 applications out of these 80000 applications all of them got cleared some 27000 people were from other districts not from kadalur so that means they were ineligible and it it, it, it almost like a scam and out of 80000 some 70000 applications were ineligible people the officials tied up with the crime syndicate were found to have approved nearly 5.5 lakh applications of people who weren't even eligible under this scheme arun says that the government estimates that it lost 110 crore rupees through this organized racket after the government got the first tip of there were two levels of inquiry one by the government itself through collectors and the government approached the cbcid the special crime investigation team of tamil nadu police and they also probed the entire case they are probing it so many health officials faced action uh, some of them have been dismissed few were suspended including some senior agriculture directors and some two dozen local people especially the local brokers and touts and who did this with the help of local politicians they have been arrested and the investigation is still on but because this scheme involved direct benefit transfers into bank accounts arun says that the beneficiaries are known to the government in many cases the government has been able to get some of the money back with the help of banks itself they recovered the money so out of 10 crores some 39 40 crores have been recovered already and the remaining amount they have formed multiple teams in every district who will go and visit these beneficiaries and recover the amount they got but while the government has been able to get back some of the money arun points out that the scandal also highlights the limitations of the direct benefit transfer schemes which are considered the best model for such schemes here we are seeing that you know the people that system also being manipulated the people are told that you know you will get this much in your account for that you pay us 2000 you get 6000 you pay us 2000 He points out that in Tamil Nadu, the scandal made headlines because of the elections in the state next year, with the opposition accusing the ruling party of being involved. But he says it exposes a flaw in the system. This is something that may be happening in all states in India, even though it may or may not be coming out. You were listening to the Three Things by the Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Arun George. 
and as always was edited and mixed by our producer Joshua Thomas. Before we go, here's another reminder to check out Indian Express's Explained page. You can log on to indianexpress.com/explained and find in-depth analysis by the right experts. It has everything you need to know to understand the news better and see the bigger picture. If you like the show, then do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also recommend the show to someone you think will like it. Share it with a friend or someone in your family. It's the best way for people to get to know about us. You can also tweet us at Express Audio and write to us at podcast at indianexpress.com.